everybody. This is Kicking the Tires with I'm Mason Broughton. I've got with me today Luke. Hey. Blake. How's it going? And our special guest, Ernie Thompson. Today we're going to cover his uh, car collection that he has, and hopefully we'll be able to find out some new things we didn't know about certain types of cars, because I know some of us don't have all the knowledge in the world. So uh, who wants to start it off? So I hear you have several cars. I think you said seven, right? Yeah, I had eight till a couple weeks ago, but now I've got seven. So what's your daily? My daily is a 1996 GMC Sonoma. Uh, it's white, that uh, rally wheels, and uh, just a little four-cylinder for good economical, you know, transportation. Yep. Got to have you a know. truck. It's yeah. always useful. My other everyday driver I sold because it was a stick, and I'm getting old, and my knees are bad, so that's why I've got seven now instead of eight. <laughs> and I had it 17 years. I had it longer than I was married, if you wow. know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That was the first marriage. I got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, out of all of, uh, tell us what all you got. Well, the one I'm most proudest of is in 1976, it was September 23rd, I bought a 1977 Monte Carlo that I ordered. It's cream gold with the 350 uh, black interior. Just bought the basic options. And back in those days, nobody even wanted a stereo. So, uh, I've, it's got still got an eight track in it, and that was for your boy's time. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's got twenty two thousand nine hundred miles on it. Uh, I uh, bought it new for fifty six hundred and twelve dollars and eighty five cents, uh, and paid cash for it, saved my money, and uh, uh, I wish that I kept my very first car, but I didn't. But I decided to keep my very first car that I bought new, and. Joking about the marriage, when my ex-wife stood up at court, she said the only thing she wanted was that Monte Carlo. So I paid 5000 the second time to keep it. <laughs> so nice you bought it twice. I, so get I bought it, it yeah. twice. Yeah. So I tell my boys all the time that I want to be buried in it. And then you'll really get a kick out of my second car that I'm proudest of. I've got a 91 Camaro, belonged to a good friend of mine. And I drove it all the time because he was a little older than me, and we went to a lot of stock car races. And always wanted it. It's uh, got the 350, you know, T-tops, black interior. And uh, I tried to buy it, tried to buy it. And one day he told me he'd sell it. And I took my dad out there. And we talked to Price that Monday. My friend called and said, hey, come and get your car. And I said, well, I've got to get the money transferred around to pay you. He said, no, your dad bought it. And my dad wouldn't give a nickel to watch a Annie to Bella Hay. So I knew he didn't mind. <laughs> so... I go out and see the guy, and sure enough, my dad's standing there. My dad had a bad heart, thought he was going to pass, but he uh, he lived in 2003, which I'm tickled to death, and he bought it for me in 95, so that'll be with me till I die. And then I've got a 1987 Gold S10, little V6 that I bought, and it's it's got ghost flames down the side, Z28 stripes, and a new cover, got rally wheels, and I take it to a lot of shows. And then... Uh, when my uh, mother passed two years ago, I inherited a 1984 Buick, and it's only got 45,000 original miles on it, and uh, it's a slick old car. It's uh, white with brown interior and a brown top, and then I've got a uh, 2002 Dale Earnhardt edition that belonged to my son, and he decided to grow up and be a family man, and and I don't think I'm ever going to grow up, so I bought the Monte Carlo from him. That's the best thing for families. Yes, you can yeah. get groceries so fast. Well, man. he didn't think so, and neither did his wife. <laughs> so he's driving a minivan, if you know what I mean. Yep. yep. You know, but uh, this old man hasn't grew up, so I've got that. I think that's all seven guys. I don't know. Oh no, I'm sorry. I had a '69 Rambler straight axle car 
and a buddy of mine kept hounding me, so he bought it. I wanted it back. I bought it back, <laughs> and he wanted it back, and he didn't have enough money, and he didn't have enough cash, so I took his smart car, which <laughs> is all I can fit in, if you know what I'm saying, and yep. his money, and now I've got all of his money and, and his little car. So I'm probably going to sell it, but I've had a blast in parades and mm. put it in stuff and all, and uh, I was getting ready to put a magnetic sign on it the other day, and I walked up and flopped it to the side. It's not metal. Uh. <laughs> no sign hit. If you could have had me on video then, you would have really got a kick out of that. Yeah. But uh, that's my little collection. And, and I've, at one time, I had uh, five S10s. I had a 87, 89, a 91, a 93, and a 95. Try to but, count up. Uh, I tried to tried to get them all, and, uh, but I decided to back up. So now I've just got two S10s. And, uh, and no matter where I go in that Dale Earnhardt edition, you get a compliment or a talk or no matter whether they're old or young or whatever they – that, that that's a neat little car, you know. I almost feel outnumbered. I got Chevy guys to the right and to the left, and I don't know about the one behind me. I know he mentioned uh, T-Tops. He's a girl with my own heart. I mean, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a neat car, and, and, and my dad buying it for me for Christmas was just phenomenal. And my dad's philosophy was that he would rather – I'm an only child. So his philosophy was that he'd rather see me enjoy what he gave me now than to me spend his money when he dies. And, and all in. Of course, my mother said when she died, I'd be broke in three months. But I'm broke, but it took longer than three months. Managed <laughs> to pull through, yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah. and you know that's the that's the best thing you can do in life is just go ahead and spend it now and enjoy yourself because you know you're not going to get to take and put it in the casket with you in the first place. So you might as well go ahead and burn the rubber off some tires and have yourself a good time. But I've had Buicks and I've had Ramblers and I've had Chevrolets and. And everything. I haven't bought a I haven't bought a Mustang yet, but I wouldn't say it's not in my realm because I, I kinda like those too. Even though Mason's sitting here, I, I do like that Mustang, you know, and stuff. So and how much did he pay you to say that? Uh well he's supposed to pay me afterwards, but I he, he might be like his dad. I might not ever get it. Oh you know, and, Wow. But the, but I like his dad too. <laughs> well, out of the seven, which one is your favorite to usually take to a show? Well, I've been taking that old S10 because you can get it in and out of places, but my favorite to take, and if you're going to go to try to win a trophy or if you want to show off, you take that Monte Carlo because it, there's very few of those around. I think Louisville Motor Speedway pretty much ruined that in this era because all of those guys drove those as figure eight cars, and you guys are too young to remember that. But every 73 through 70. Seven Monte Carlo went through that exit, Louisville Speedway, except mine, I think. So, <laughs> and I've been trying to, people have been trying to buy it for that, I think. But uh, they was a, they was a real good figure eight car. And to give you a little talk on that, what started the Monte Carlo was they had so many Chevelle station wagon frames, and all, and they couldn't sell the station wagons because people was getting out of that realm in the in the seventies and going more sporty. So one of the engineers decided to come up with a car that would fit the frame. So they, they started this Monte Carlo. And uh, the 70, and you notice it had the big, long front end because of the station wagon frame. They extended it out. And that's what got the Monte Carlo started was they had an excess of, of a station wagon frames for the Chevelle. Hmm. And uh, that's what got it all started. Learn something new every day. Out of all of them, which one's the fastest? Dale Earnhardt, right? Merrill. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's nice. a 350. Yeah. Yeah. I was running on 62 one night. I was out with little gal down Jeff, and I was coming home, and a little kid in a 
uh, was a little Audi or something, thought it was fast. And mm. I run it up to about 130. And I seen the <laughs> cop drop into the median. And when he did, I just lifted and went right in between traffic and the Audi come around me blowing the horn. But when the cop stopped him, you know, because he didn't see me, see, I, I drifted in and the cop got him. And when I went by, I tooted the horn back just to, you know, press him. <laughs> well, yeah, let him know. Yeah. <laughs> let him know when boss. I got home, I thought, man. You know, you're 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 too old to be doing that kind of stuff, but I enjoyed it, and I'll do it again probably one day. You got to put the young kids in their place. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm saying that from the perspective yeah. of a young kid, but yeah. you got to show them who's yeah. the boss every now and then. Yeah, he was one of those that pulled up beside you, and then he would gun it, and he'd come back, and he'd gun it. About that third time when he'd come back, I'd let him go, and he never <laughs> could catch me. And, and then when I seen the cop drop in the median, I knew then we was going to jail, but I thought if I get over <laughs> If I get over, then he, he's not going to see me. And, and he didn't. He went right by me to get that kid. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's in the good old days. <laughs> I got caught doing 135 in a 30 when I was 19. I had a 66 Chevy 2, that 350, 350 horse. And uh, it was a it was a good little car that my parents was proud of me that night. <laughs> yeah, good record, high score. I don't yeah. think, I think out of the three of us, there's only one of us that's got a ticket. Yeah. Well, you're going to laugh, Mason. I only have one on my record, actually. You're going to laugh, Mason, but uh, that night he gave me a warning because he said, I, I know you couldn't have been going that fast. I hit the railroad track there at Tunnel Mill, and it went airborne, and that's when he come over the hill. And he was actually looking for uh, my friend Jimmy Walden and a buddy. They was drag racing, and he was after them and caught me. He found an airplane instead, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we used to have a lot of fun. There was like... Uh, in Charlestown, we would uh, they, we had a pay phone on the square, and we would go over and put a dime in and say there was a shooting on Highway 62, or we could hear gunshots, <laughs> and every which way the police went, then we'd go the other way and drag race back in the day. And, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we done we had a lot of fun. I had a lot of good friends, and a lot of them's gone, but uh, two of the prettiest cars in town was my friend Jimmy and Mike Jones had two red, white, and blue Chevelles, and uh, that was probably one of the prettiest paint schemes I ever saw. You know, you were talking about the uh, figure eight earlier. Did you ever go and partake, watch? Do you want to explain what it is for people who maybe don't know? Well, figure eight is is just like an eight, and I never did participate, but I've spent millions of dollars going, and all, and my children and all, and and uh, I had a friend that raced oval on asphalt, and then we went to dirt and raced all around and stuff. But the figure eight is is you cross each other. And you got to be man enough to not stop. The guy that don't stop usually wins. And uh, in fact, the past five years, I take Clark Nichols every Saturday night to the Sports Storm Speedway. He's a good friend of mine, and he loves to go, and he don't want to go by himself. So me and him was partnered up, and I'm single, and, and his wife would rather get rid of him. So we go to the races, <laughs> and, and uh, we've been going the last five years together. And uh, it's an exciting race. It really is. And uh, and uh, we've raced. I've helped friends on dirt. I have raced on the track to try the car out at the sports drone only. But uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I would, uh, I worked at the Napa store for 25 years, roughly. And uh, we would leave on a Friday night and go to Bloomington and race dirt up there and then come back. And I'd work from 8 to 2 on Saturday. And then we'd leave and, and go to Twin Cities up at North Vernon and race on dirt there. And then load up Sunday and go down to Hobstadt, Indiana, down to Evansville. And I get up Monday morning at 8 and go back to work. But I can't do that today. <laughs> you know, it's I'm too old for that. But I've, I've had a good life, boys. I've, I've, I've enjoyed cars all my life. 
and the lady that got me interested in cars, um, she uh, had a 63 Fairlane. And uh, it was a baby blue with dark blue interior. And when you cleaned it for her, you had to uh, clean everything. You had to do the windows. And back then was lemon pledge, guys. That was the <laughs> That was the secret you sauce. Know, we lemon pledged the tires. And, and she's the one that basically it got me interested. Of course, she's gone now. And I get a little choked up thinking about her. She was my cousin and good person, you know. But she is actually the person that got me interested in cars. My dad's idea of a, of a car was a brand new one, and 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 he kept that clean. But then the next year he wanted another new one, mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, I got a story about the Buick. I'll tell you real quick. Yeah. Coming home, my wife took. I was married when my dad bought that Buick. We're coming home, and my parents built a house in 1950, and we bought this Buick in '84. Got it at Dan Sillings Buick in New Albany, and, and it it's out of business now. And I'm driving home. My wife went ahead and left me and my parents because my dad wanted me to write the check, and it was $11,000 even back in 84 is what he gave for the car. So we're coming home, and my mother was only four foot nine, and my dad was only five three, and they called him Pee Wee. And I could see her coming. She's moving over in a seat, and she pulled herself up, and she said, Pee Wee, when we get home, I'm going to whip you. He said, how come? She said, you gave more for this car we're riding in than I've got in the house that I live in and all. And that's true. He built it herself and all. And uh, she lived there 70 years. She was 90 when she died. She lived in that same house 70 years. But I'll never forget that that night coming home, she wanted to whip my dad because he had $11,000 in a car. She didn't (laughs) have that in the house she lived in. So I I just think of stories like that. I could... I tell everybody I need to write a book because I've, I've lived a, a good time. I lived in the best era, cars, music, women, all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you d- did you do any racing at all? Uh, just straight racing, but I had a small block, and right off the showroom floor, guys was buying 427 Camaros. That I mean, Camaro's probably one of the best hookup cars that ever was Yeah, and all in uh and uh, you're a Mustang guy, and I'm going to tell you about Red Allscott, a good friend of mine. He had a 428 Cobra jet in one, and a guy named David Keith blew it up. So they put a 427 in it and uh, put the 428 heads on it, and they raced. And then they put a 429 in It's only Ford I ever knew that had a 427, 428, and a 429. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a good car. Me and David was laughing about that the other day about the blowing it up and everything, but Red always loved to race that Mustang, and and uh, there was there was plenty. We we we'd be at the car wash and take off and go race, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's not anywhere close to that nowadays. I oh. wish it still was. Oh no, you because all jail. they got now, I think, is up in Salem. They've yeah. got the yeah. the airstrip. The guys go up there and drag race every now and then. But there's yeah. nothing like it used to be, where it's just impromptu. Yeah. Go out on the street and run. Yeah, we pulled in a car wash. In fact. Uh, on Jimmy Walden's car on the front fender, it says car wash gang because that's what the police called us. And uh, I don't know who the president was, but I was accused of that at a time or two. Of being the president? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Got away with quite a lot, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, we did. And we should have went to jail a lot of times. Yeah, there's a lot more cameras now. You know? yes, you yes, can't, yes, can't do that. You'll get oh, caught yeah. at a stoplight. Or... Yeah, yeah. Now, these young guys that, that's on the force now, they're, they're hard on you and all that stuff. And they're yeah. quick. Yeah. They started making those cars yeah. pretty quick. Well, they found out you can't outrun that radio, you know, and stuff. So 
Well, and that's the problem with our generation now is you can't get away with what you used to get away with back then oh, because no. the cell phone, I think, is the thing that gets you in trouble the most because I know that I was driving with one of my buddies one time when I first got that 2018. And we were running down the road about 80, 90 mile an hour, and I hate to even admit it because it's going to probably get me back in trouble again. Mm -hmm. But next thing I know, I was getting a phone call while I was still driving, and the buddy beside me had GPS tracking on his phone, and his mother wanted to know why we were going 90 mile an hour. So I got caught before I even got home. That's a That was a bad one. My mother always knew every night time I got home, and if she was sitting at the kitchen table when I got home, I knew it was bad. You were smiling too much. You knew something was up. Yes, yes. We uh, had a lot of fun and all that. Uh, just cars was everywhere. I mean, the Saturday night on the Charlestown Square was just like a car show today. I mean, everybody had Roadrunners and and uh, Joe Jones had a had a little Plymouth and and all. It was it was a little three forty and it would fly, you know, and uh, just all kinds of Camaros, fifty seven Chevys. You know, one guy even had a set of snow tires on a 57 Chevy, good friend of mine, and, and uh, it would hook up with those snow tires, and you boys don't even know what snow tires are. Mm. I've had to deal with those in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess one of the questions I would have, since you've been around a lot longer than I have, is what do you think of the car scene today versus what it was back when you first got started? Like, you know, with a lot of the younger guys my age coming in, there's some of them are going towards the new cars or they're going towards like the foreign market and stuff like that versus buying the old muscle cars. Well, I think I think the kids today are going more the uh, foreign cars because of the price. And and I'm going to blame Meekum and and some of those guys, and I know they don't want to hear it, but, but you know, they, they price these cars and people see it on the television set and, Buddy of mine went to buy a Corvette a while back, and it was nothing left on, not even a motor transmission. And he offered a lady twenty five thousand because it was a sixty eight convertible. And she said, "Well, it sold on Meekum for a hundred. He said, "Yes, ma'am, but I got to put seventy five in it." But to her, because of Meekum, she had said it's a hundred thousand dollar car. So I think kids today, because of the money wise, you know, you know, are buying foreign cars, and they and they're not. They're not slow. I mean, I've, I've run a few of them, and, and they, them guys can go. But uh, really, the car scene in, in me growing up was everybody had one. Mm -hmm. You know, all my buddies had a hot rod, you know, and stuff. I mean, uh, I went to Louisville one time and, and uh, drove a 72 Nova, and me and my dad and the salesman's in the back, and I'm trying it out. And when I, I looked up, there was no traffic. I told my dad, I said, hang on. So... I just kind of clutched it and run it up to about six grand, hit second, hit third, hit fourth. And the guy's hanging on to both windows. He's got both hands on windows in the back. And he said, <laughs> where'd you learn how to drive like that? And my dad turned around the seat and he said, every kid in Charlestown drives that way. Where do you live? You know, and it was, I mean, everybody had a hot rod. I mean, we all, you know, basically had one. And, and if you didn't have one, your buddies was helping you build one. I definitely understand where the money part was a big thing because like whenever I first started at 17, yeah. it was hard for me to find one in my price range. And I think that's maybe why I latched onto the Mustangs yeah. because I got a hold of Leo's cars yes. and yes. they, they were really good cars for somebody like me to start out sure. on. But you know, it, it is definitely the money's a killer with these younger guys for sure. Well, just like me, I told you boys, I gave $5,600 for the car new and jokingly said I gave 5,000 in a divorce. And I turned down 20000 the other day. 
and I should have took it, you know, because, but my youngest son wants it. He's kind of interested in it. So, you know, and when I'm dead and gone, it won't matter, but uh, I should have probably sold it because that's all it's worth. But that's a lot of money for a 77 car too. Hey everybody, we're going to pause this episode here and make it a two-part episode. Uh, make sure to check us back out whenever it comes back out with our special guest, Ernie Thompson, and the other two knuckleheads I've got with me.